Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast from South Cities Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Learn more at southcities.church. Warm Lakeville, Minnesota, where you can see the grass and the sun is supposedly coming. Highs in the upper 40s, low 50s next week. Nick, is this a, a preview of what's to come in the new heavens and new earth? I think so. Okay. We don't need to belabor that point. We've talked about it enough on the podcast, but it's warm and we're making it random question. The greatest sports moment you've seen live. Stacy's like, I'm out. I don't care. Uh, the greatest sports moment Peter saw live. Okay. Greatest sports moment you saw on TV. Well, we're talking about revelation. <laughs> um, <laughs> revelation and uh, HM minors. Anybody have any? Like, it's just random. You got something that comes to I mind. I mean, I've been a, a part of a few games where there's like a last minute or last second shot that wins a game or something. Buzzer beater. Yeah, probably the ones that you're a part of. You yeah, know, yeah, are the are biggest e- ones. Are even more exciting than watching That's someone true. else. That's true. That's true. The Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah, I watched, were you there live or no. you watched on TV? TV? I watched it on TV. Yes. That was great. Was uh was that uh, Case Keenum to <laughs> Stefan Diggs? Yeah. Both of whom are now moved on from the Vikings. That's good. Do you watch sports, Nick? Yeah. I remember when I was in elementary school we and lived in Detroit, we went to a Thanksgiving Day Lions game. And I distinctly remember it was like the second play of the game. Um, Barry Sanders threw a flea flicker for a touchdown. Ooh. <clears throat> that was That's like pretty awesome. one of the coolest live sports moments I've ever seen. That's mm. pretty awesome. Watched Deion Sanders when I was probably 10 or 11. Deion or Barry? Who played for the Reds? It was the guy that was both the running back and the... And he played baseball. That's Deion Sanders. Yeah, Deion. He, um, Corner, there was a throw at the plate. I was behind the plate at the old Red Stadium. And uh, the ball came in and Dion was running. And it was like, it was going to be a pickle where he was like cut off and had to run back to third base. But instead, the guy dropped, the catcher dropped the ball. And like, it came in too hot. He dropped the ball. And as he reached for it, Dion launched himself over top of the catcher. And like completely cleared him to grab home plate. It was pretty incredible. That's cool. Pretty incredible. Well, speaking of pretty incredible, the context of <laughs> the churches in Asia Minor. Is Man, your transitions are just awesome. No, they're not. <laughs> it's it's pretty incredible when you think about the fact that uh, you know perhaps fifty years prior you know, maybe 60 years prior to the context of Revelation, Jesus Christ was crucified on a hill outside of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And the the news of his death didn't, like hundreds of thousands of other people over those centuries that were killed outside Jerusalem, and certainly many that were considered revolutionaries or upstarts, like that news didn't just stop. But like his death and that news spread all the way north to the Roman province of Asia Minor, uh, where we see the seven churches in chapters two and three of Revelation, that they got that news, that they heard it, and then they believed in it. It's just shocking. Like, it is really incredible. It's mm-hmm. like, who else, how else could this happen apart from God? Now, some of the churches we're familiar with from Paul's travels and Acts, um, I think all of them, 
maybe all of them, maybe a couple of them aren't mentioned in Acts, but certainly Paul uh, was at Ephesus for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's different ones that are mentioned there. Um, so there's loads that we can learn when it comes to interpreting Revelation by examining kind of the first century context and kind of the big things that they would have been aware of or would have informed them. It's not as determinative as the Old Testament context, but again, if we're thinking in terms of like there's key rings for unlocking different parts of Revelation and what it means. One is, we talked about the last podcast, the Old Testament. Another is Revelation itself. Revelation sometimes hands us the keys and says like, here, interpret this. And then the original context of the readers would have been a big deal too. So what do you guys know about the context of the first century? Like uh, what are what are some uh, features or what are some big pillars of like what life was like if you are a Christian uh, in a religious minority in one of these seven cities, you know, in, in Asia Minor? What, what would be some key things that we're aware of or that you're aware of? Well, the Roman Empire was a pretty big deal. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, the culture or the, you know, the morality of the Roman Empire would have been in stark contrast to, you know, what the Bible has to say <laughs> is true. Yep. So there's a lot of, you know, um, living counterculturally that the churches should be doing and a lot of temptation to uh, capitulate and... Not recapitulate, right. just capitulate. Yep. And, um, and therefore just a lot of opportunity for, you know, different levels of persecution or feeling uncomfortable yep. or n- the need to persevere. Yeah, that's good. What else are you guys aware of? Yeah, it was, uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's things like the imperial cult that were a big deal to take part of or not kind of the, mm-hmm. the national religion as it were there, there would have been a lot of pressure um i mean the the pressure in some ways was at this point pretty constant like a constant drumbeat of persecution but there certainly were moments you know where it, it came it came down with fury and other moments where it probably would have been more uh low grade dislike dishonor uh from those around them and then there were just all sorts of, you know, like when you think about the Roman Empire, that's an empire that's really much of the economy is depending on uh, people that they've conquered that are now yeah. slaves yep. um, or bond servants. Um, that's driven by, uh, you know, a cult that is intermingling worship with um uninhibited sexual yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. practices. Right. When you think about a culture that v- doesn't value life and often, you know, like leaves babies uh, outside to just die in the elements if, if they're, if they're not feeling like it's a good, <laughs> a good thing, especially little girls. Um, you know, there's just a lot of, there's just a, it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty savage culture. Yeah. For all the for all the long lasting things like the Roman roads and you know things like that that were kind of man the way they built stuff was really good and the industriousness of it was pretty amazing. There's a lot of ways that are pretty savage 
about how it all operated, including, you know, I mean, a, a lot of the reason that the persecution was up and down and came down in fury and then didn't is it's not like it was a stable thing to lead the thing either. There's all sorts of uh, yeah. coup attempts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time. So I think, yeah. you know, you, it's already kind of a savage, unsteady, unstable, but very, very powerful thing. Yeah. So then to be a minority in that, you know, you just amplify the yeah, instability yeah. and the fear and the weariness of living in that. And, yep. um, and the, yeah, and yet God, like you said, God and by his spirit was with the church and led them to love their enemies and rescue babies and continue to care for each other and orphans and widows. And you know what I mean? It's, it's pretty amazing to see, uh, what's real. And yet, you know, in revelation, we see that they needed you know, they need to be reminded <laughs> of what of what the call was as well. So those are a few things. Yeah. If any of you have seen the movie Gladiator. I have. I have. Um, that is what it was like. We'll have uh, some before... viewings prior to. What? We'll have some viewings prior to chapter 13. Ugh. No? Okay. Um, <laughs> but just, yeah, for context, um, mm-hmm. in the year 313 was when Constantine decriminalized. Uh, Christianity. And so mm-hmm. um, up until that point, they would have been persecuted. And um, just as I'm listening to you guys talk about it, um, why were they viewed as such a threat, do you think? Yeah. So anything, my, my take is, is that in the ascendancy of the Roman Empire, which at the time of Jesus, the Roman Empire was only about a half century old mm-hmm. or a little bit more. There was all kinds of changes from the Republic to the Empire. So like I read one statistic, you know, during the Republic period before the kind of the conquering, uh, like Rome conquering kind of the former Greek states and other things like that. It's like Julius Caesar and the triumph. Yeah, Julius Caesar and then subsequent after his death, like, you know, like one or two percent of the total population under Roman jurisdiction was slaves. By the time you get to like the height of Rome, Pax Romana, which is an ironic term, you know, the peace of Rome, you're talking more like 30%, mm-hmm. you know, 100 years, 150 years after Jesus. So the you're in the time of like a lot of cultural upheaval, actually, mm-hmm. and even shifting understanding of what it meant to be Roman and what it meant to move from a republic to essentially a monarchy or a, an empire. Mm-hmm. And then with all the usurping that happened over that so you get like some of some of what matters then for our understanding of the churches in Asia Minor is when was Revelation written? The two main things are it's it's written during Nero's period, which is sometime between sixty and seventy AD, or it's written during Domitian's mm-hmm. reign, which is in the nineties. Irenaeus, who lived in the one hundreds, said that John wrote the book near the end of Domitian's reign. And so this is after the destruction of the temple. This is after the very local but really <coughs> intense persecution of Nero in and around Rome, mm-hmm. where Christians specifically were targeted, not just Jews being expelled from Rome like, um, like we read in the book of Acts, but Christians being targeted. And so Rome, like many empires, will not suffer Descent doesn't matter who it's from. Is it from the, you know, the slaves uh, and the revolt and the revolt of uh, Spartacus? 
Is it, uh, you know, from usurper tribes up in Germany, the Gauls, you know, wherever it is, including Christians, uh, Rome is going to stamp that out. So they're a threat in part because they just don't accept that Caesar is Lord. And I think that's clearest from what we have in the first hundred years after this is written, that we have people like um, Polycarp, a guy who's in Smyrna, one of the places where all the extant literature we have says uh, the Roman authorities said, if you will just simply offer a little pinch of incense to the emperor, we will let you go. You, you know, have your private beliefs about Christianity. We'll let you go. Just, just operate uh, in this way. Justin Martyr, the guy whose name we get the idea of martyrdom mm -hmm. from in that regard. Same thing, Perpetua and Felicity. You've heard maybe those stories. Uh, I think killed in Rome, but perhaps elsewhere in the Colosseum. I can't remember. Some, some Colosseum they were killed in. Same thing, like participate in the Roman religion, including veneration of the emperor, which was a relatively new idea when Revelation was written, and like that the emperor is a god that's due worship. Uh, and you can be fine. You can participate in society. That kind of thing matters when we turn to Revelation 13 and we're like, what does it mean that unless you receive the mark of the beast, you know, you can't participate in civil society? Um, the earliest Christians that we have records of saw some parallels between Revelation 13 and that kind of thing. Uh, what is some of the data that we have from Revelation 2 and 3 about what actually was happening in these specific churches? in regards to the culture around them. So that's kind of like the Roman back. Here's what was happening in the culture was where the churches like, like how do they interact with that and that reality? What do you, what do you, what do we see in revelation two and three? Yeah. I mean, it seems like there were, you know, multiple things going on in, in different provinces and places, you know, for some of the churches, the call is, to repent from the way that they're uh, engaging in the sexual immorality. Um, for some of the churches, the call is to remain faithful as they've resisted, you know, the desire to, or the, the pressure to conform. Um, it seems like for some of the churches, there was uh, even some uh, persecution from, uh, or desire to conflate, uh, Judaism with Christianity, yeah, uh, and and so so I mean it, it's a uh, it's a bunch of different things, you know. It's 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 kind of like um, it's kind of like the world we live in, where you know there's you know the kind of temptations to conform or capitulate or just be apathetic are probably different even depending on what state you live in. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. there's, there's, there's different ways and different temptations to make it about something other than Jesus. Right, right. Um, yeah, and certainly the way that um, perhaps in largely Gentile Asia Minor, um, the churches would have experienced Roman rule. It's probably fairly different than like, you know, the province of Judea where largely Jewish people lived. Right. And, you know, there was the exception granted that Jews did not have to participate in um, Roman 
kind of the Roman rites, et cetera, mm-hmm. which that exception endured, I believe, so, at least a, a few decades after the fall of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Like that was not revoked immediately. Um, so the Jews had an exception that uh, was, uh, was it Ptolemy or one of the generals that basically when Jerusalem was taken over by the Romans, you know, 50, 60, 70 years before Jesus, basically brokered a thing that, hey, the Jews want to worship their own God. And the Romans said, okay, <laughs> which you see some of that in the Gospels. Yeah. <clears throat> and also, I mean, in one church in particular, just like, hey, I'm, we're rich, you know, yeah, we're, yeah. we're prospering. We don't, we don't need anything. Just kind of in the charges like, hey, you're just lukewarm. Yeah, neither hot nor cold. Yeah, so that's a temptation too. You know, just coasting and not taking a stand either way or, you know. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I mean, we see the churches participating in the sexual immorality of the surrounding culture and people being okay with that. Uh, We see the churches participating in some sense in idolatry. We see the, we see uh, apparently somebody, Antipas, Mm -hmm. has been killed in Pergamum, right? I think it's Pergamum. You know, somebody actually killed uh, under persecution. Uh, we see this thing like Satan's throne, uh, which is probably a reference to some kind of idolatrous temple there. You know, we see the the synagogue of Satan. Well, that's a controversial uh, Roman or Revelation 2.9 or 3.9, or maybe it's both of those. Like, apparently there's Jewish people in these cultures that are, like, against these Christians and want the Romans to also be against them, similar to you know, uh, what happened, uh, with Paul being kind of hounded by Jewish leaders, not, not right. all Jews, but some Jews, you know, because again, right. these are, these churches would have not been exclusively Gentile, but would have also included mm-hmm. some you know, Jewish people in them. So there's definitely like a geography to the way the, uh, first century Asia minor um, geography, I mean, like metaphorically, like there's some differences in how they're experiencing the culture around them. Mm -hmm. And that's instructive for us today Mm -hmm. when we think about how we experience culture and what our, uh, you know, what our culture is like in regards to the claims of Christ and what it means to obey and follow Jesus. So just a few things that I would think, uh, you know, that are kind of big, this is from my Sunday school. So kind of the three things that I think are probably the biggest deal for the first century Christians are, they were convinced of the historical reality that Jesus both died and rose and ascended so that he was reigning. Mm-hmm. And that matters for even what you just preached on, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, the temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed. All the language that we see of temple furniture type stuff in Revelation, the vast, vast majority of it, like 80, 90% of it, has the modifier in heaven. You don't see a clear example of a temple on the earth. And I would argue that in general, all the examples until you get to chapter 21, 22 of temple like language are, are in heaven in revelation. And then when we see the new Jerusalem, that looks like a, a giant Holy of Holies coming down out of heaven, it says there is no temple there because God and the lamb are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the destruction of the temple. And then it's just, we've kind of been alluding to this, but the rise of the Imperial cult, the creation of temples to honor the emperor as a god, um, which started with Julius Caesar after he was killed in 44 BC, that they called him uh, Dominus et Deus, Lord and God. That's the way the Roman Senate 
labeled him, and then his adopted nephew, uh, adopted son, who was his biological nephew, Octavian, also known as Caesar Augustus, took that title for himself. And increasingly throughout the Roman Empire, kind of starting actually in Asia Minor, um, they started to build temples for the worship of the emperor uh, and offer sacrifices to him. So fast forward, you know, uh, over 100 years, and that has developed even further for what's going on in uh, the world of Revelation, first century churches. Uh, their culture demanded allegiance, and they said, well, some of them said no. Other them said, we can have allegiance to both yeah. Jesus and... To varying degrees, to, yeah. Yeah, to varying degrees. Uh, it's a sliding scale, and that takes some discernment to see what's happening. But the application for us, you know, again, revelation could not mean for, does not mean for, cannot mean, there we go, for us, what it did not mean to them is when our culture wants compromise or even tacit or explicit allegiance to things in culture here in America, we have to say our allegiance is to Jesus alone. Uh, he alone deserves that kind of allegiance. It's fine to have commitments. It's fine to have uh, all kinds of different ways of interacting with culture where you live as a faithful citizen. Um, this is the, uh, my last comments, I know I'm rattling on, but Augustine, Augustine, Augustine's city of God. This was his crisis. He watched the Roman, he watched Rome falling apart. And he had in his mind, Rome is the place that God's blessings are being distributed all over the earth. He had kind of that old Roman mindset, but Christianized and brought up. And he realized that that was not the case. That Rome, that he thought was going to last for forever and be Christianized, was actually going to fall apart. And therefore, the city of man, he said, will always fail because it's always opposed to the city of God. But the city of God will endure. Go read city, city of man, city of God. Any other comments? I feel like I just went on a riff there for a second. No, it was good. Well, uh, Revelation 9, well, when will this get released? A couple of Tuesdays. We'll be in Revelation 2, so we'll be starting the seven churches. And yeah. I think the next thing on the podcast we're going to be doing is talking about more positively, like what the seven churches kind of show us in terms of the kind of church we should be. So mm -hmm. we're going to be talking like application for South City's church beyond Sweet. even what the sermons are saying. Yeah. So. Looking forward to it, Dave. Awesome. Stacy. Awesome.